Hello and welcome back to a special edition, a special episode of Under the Heading of Tani Talks Radio and Life, but really a different aspect to life, one aspect that is not such an aspect that's happy, not such an aspect we like to think about, but one that's important to reflect, important to remember about. During the pandemic, during the major shutdown of the world, we had a major major life situation. Tragically, we were not able to have the pregnancy work for a couple of times. We had early miscarriages early on, early weeks, and it didn't work out a couple of times, three times actually. One was like 10 to 12 weeks, one was like 6 to 9 weeks, and one was again 10 to 12 weeks. Around the early, early time, I might be off with the weeks, but definitely very early, early on. And it was a very devastating, very tragic time in life, and the whole world was in a crazy upheaval, and our world ourselves was also in an upheaval at that time. You know, my wife, one of the times it had to come naturally, it had to be done. Another time we actually went to have the procedure of the DNC and I wasn't able to go in with her, which was really disappointing, really depressing, really tragic. I actually literally sat in the parking lot for four hours while the whole procedure was being done. Afterwards, I got some food, but obviously she was very weak and very, very tired, not very happy, very difficult and very tragic. And as we come a year or two and three years later, the question is how to commemorate it, how to think about it and how to reflect upon it and how to grapple, especially with many people that struggle with early pregnancy loss or God forbid other things. We should never know from such things. But in general, these things are tragic things and sad things. And unfortunately, it's under the radar, not talked about, not brought out into the open. Thank God there are wonderful organizations out there like I Should Have Had a Baby, founded by a, a doctor who I think actually stopped practicing and focusing on loss and miscarriages. And of course, there's Nahama Comfort, which is a beautiful, wonderful organization that deals with infant loss. We should never know from such things and miscarriages and loss. And we actually joined the Chama Comfort for many different sessions, many different therapies and many different aspects, different Zoom sessions and the like. Thank God they had it on Zoom during that time. I think they're continuing on Zoom. I myself talked about in the past how I cope with things, especially in my life, losing my dad when I was only nine, losing my brother when I was only 20. And of course, these three miscarriages, one of them is technically called a chemical, but it doesn't matter whether it's six weeks or nine weeks or 10 weeks or 12 weeks or God forbid later. Every type of loss is a sad thing, is a tragic thing and a devastating thing. I myself moved to music. I play guitar and I made different songs. I made one song during the, the corona situation, especially thinking about these losses in mine. And of course, I wrote a song for my dad, a song for my brother. That's how I cope with things. My wife is a writer. She writes about things and that helps her get through different things. She's an excellent writer. And of course, there are different ways to going about things and different ways to thinking about things. But I believe it's interesting to think about Abraham. A lot of times when we think about loss, loss in general, loss of babies, we should never know such, such, such things, and loss in general... A lot of times involved in the loss is the loss of the hopes and the dreams and the goals and what you had in mind. Don't be put off by people that talk if you experience loss in your life. Oh, it's not a big deal. They weren't even really a baby. They weren't even living. From literally six to eight weeks, there's a heartbeat. From literally the point of conception, there's a real-life baby. There's a real-life person in there. And God forbid we should never know from such things. But there is a real loss involved, especially the loss of the hopes and dreams. And it's fascinating to think in these parts that we are in right now, 
We're talking about Avram, who is one of my favorite characters in all of Tanakh. Avraham was a fascinating personality, of course, very into chesed, very into helping people. And Avraham, you know, it must have been difficult for him also. And sometimes, as a side note, by the way, there is sometimes a sort of silver lining. There's such a thing called a rainbow baby, Baruch Hashem. We were blessed with a rainbow baby, whom I am with as she is my co-host right now. She does not sleep well these days. Baruch Hashem, she's nine months. But, you know, even after a loss, it's not like you take the losses are gone because you're blessed with something else. It's not a replacement, God forbid, but it is a way, a little bit of a way to be helped to move forward. But on the side point, when it comes to these kind of things, the question is how to think about how to commemorate and how to reflect upon these different things. And as we think about Avraham, it must have been really difficult for him. You know, people around him, there were many people living many, many years, hundreds of years, of course. Hashem decided to make it 120 years. But for some reason, once it came to Avram and Sarah, Hashem didn't allow them to have children for many years. Avraham was, you know, 70, 70, 75 when we really first meet him. Obviously, he met Hashem when he was three, according to some commentators. But we see him in, at 75 in Lach Lecha. And then all the way till 86, he doesn't have Yishmael till 86. And then at 99, he finally has the Brismila and is blessed with Yitzchak. But all of those years, Avram probably felt very despondent. And I remember hearing about this from Rabbi Foreman and other rabbis and other commentators. Who is going to be the one that would inherit Avraham? Who is going to be the one that inherit Avram? If you think back to before Avram had kids, who walked around with him? Who traveled with him? Lot. Lot was his brother's son. His brother died tragically, I believe, in the fires in Orkazim. We know that story from the Medrash. Avraham is tested by Nimrod, the great hunter, the great ruler, and Avram is, is monotheistic, but everyone else is not. Nimrod throws Avram into the furnace. Avraham, Baruch Hashem, comes out unscathed. His brother runs in to show his support last minute, but he actually doesn't make it, the brother. So then the son, Lot, who is he going to go with? So Avram adopts him pretty much as his own child, his nephew. But when he walks around, you know, they don't see eye to eye. Lot's shepherds and Avram's shepherds are fighting. They're, they're, one camels are guzzled, one animal's guzzled, while the other one is, is not muzzled, excuse me, so they won't eat improperly from other people's food. Avram doesn't have any children, and then he sends away Lot. And Avram is despondent and is, is losing hope and is losing the ability. He said, who is going to inherit me? Lot and Hashem says, no, that one will not inherit you. And he sends him away. Avram thinks, who else is going to inherit me? The Damascan Eliezer? The Damasek Eliezer? In Damasek Eliezer? That one's not going to inherit him. So all that time, Avram also on some level, until he's 86, until he's 99, and Yishmael and then Yitzchak respectively, who is he going to inherit him? He had all these hopes and all these dreams to continue his biological progeny, to continue his spiritual progeny, to continue his mission. Yes, Sarah and Avram had all the nefashot asher asu becharan. They had the nefesh, the nefashot, all the people they converted, yes. But those are not their biological offspring to continue their mission. You know, a rabbi can have students, but it's not the same as having an actual child, a biological child. We shall be zochah to only know from good things, wonderful things, having children and only good things, but... Avram himself also had loss. And how did he cope with the loss of these dreams, the loss of these, these, these wishes and these grandiose plans when he didn't have any children? At the point, he still followed the mission of Hashem. He still clung to the Torah, clung to doing what he could to spread word. He had faith in Amunah and Bitachim that Hashem would take care of him and eventually give to him, you know, 
Avram is is thankful to Hashem even when it doesn't happen yet. Even when Hashem tells Avram to look at the stars and the sand and then the progeny are going to be as numerous as this. Yeah, Hashem, you keep telling me about this, but where is the actual physical kid? It's not here yet, but I trust and I believe in you. My Amuna, my Bitachon is in you. I know it'll happen one day. Then when Yishmael comes and he tells him that Yitzchak's going to come one day, a kid will come one day from Sarah, he says, Lo Yishmael, if only my child Yishmael would live. Seemingly saying, like, it's enough on some level that you gave me a shmal, halavai, he should, he should live on, on, on how much more so he should live and be around. But he says that we need to think about what he said, you know, we are happy with what we have, but we hope and we plan for more. And sometimes we look at a character in Tanakh to try to help us and uplift us. I also think about David HaMelech, you know, when he had the incident with Bathsheba, the whole situation, the story. They had a kid that did not make it. For seven days, he was he was mourning and crying and, and hoping that something would happen with the kid who was sick or didn't make it. And then once the kid passed away, David gets up and he eats and he shaves and he bathes. And the servants are like, what is going on here? The whole time when he's sick, when it's not going well, when he might get better, you're mourning. And then when he passes, you get up and you change and you bathe and you and you're getting all better. So David and Melch says, you know, the whole time I thought maybe something can change. Once Hashem already did it, I can't change anything. So we could get inspired from Tanakh figures, how they deal with loss, how they deal with different things, clinging to Hashem, clinging to the Torah, clinging to the mission. So many people are so inspiring on all these Nahama Comfort Zoom sessions that we did in the past. So many amazing people. One person lost a child and in their memory they made this beautiful, beautiful campaign. Other people have these ideas of chesed campaigns and Torah campaigns and, and making Sifre Torah and doing great things. These are all wonderful things. And if there is a loss of a hope and a dream and a goal, God forbid, what we could do is still cling it to our faith and cling to our ability. I can't tell you what to do. But looking into the Tanakh oftentimes helps. Reading stories, other people's stories on Chabad.org or H.com or reading the Layers Project book, which is an amazing book. It shows hope. It shows fulfillment. It shows how to move with, not to move past, not to move forward, but to go in a trajectory through life. And we can think about Avram in these parshiot. He had so many years that he had the loss of his hopes and his dreams, but he still clung to his mission. He still was involved in converting all the people. He was the only one, the only Aver Hayardin, the only person on the other side of the river, the only person who believed in monotheism, but he still went on his mission. And Baruch Hashem, once he was blessed with his children, with Yishmael and then Yitzchak, how much more so he was able to do in the world. So when we think about the loss, we commemorate loss. We could think about different characters and figures that could uplift us. We could hope that we could have our own rainbow situations in our own life where we'll have a silver lining on some level and we should be zolcha, that we could follow in the ways of Hashem even through sad times. We should only know from good things and we should only celebrate wonderful things together on Meva Esram Shana now and many years to come. This has been a special episode of Tani Talks Life Radio where we talk about loss and commemoration here on the TTRNL. And I'm your host, Tani.